Welcome to was- Orioles on the Verge. This is Zach Spedden's win, as always, by Bob Phelan and Nick Stevens. And in the second part of our spring training preview, we're going to predict some scenarios that are going to unfold here over the next few weeks down in the Grapefruit League. That, of course, is going to be taking a look at the fallout to, of the injuries to Kyle Braddis and John Means, but some other parts of the roster that we're going to focus on. We typically do this every spring. This year, we've decided for a variety of reasons, one of them being that there just aren't that many position battles in camp, not that many open roster spots compared to years past. To take a little bit more limited approach to this episode, but we are going to have a full regular season prediction episode sometime right before opening day. For now, though, we're going to focus on the more immediate news that is in front of us here as the Orioles have their first televised spring game this week down in Sarasota. And I know a lot of people are going to be tuning in to see Jackson Holiday, possibly. Let's hope he's in the lineup at some point here in the next few days. And Nick, I will start with you. We know that it's a big question of this spring. Will Jackson Holiday make the opening day roster? Yes. That's it. That's my answer. Yes. There's I I I fully understand all the reasons why they would put him back in AAA, and they are all very valid reasons. And honestly, if I'm thinking with my head, uh they all make sense. And I would probably agree with you. But it's February 21st. I just got back from a baseball game. Uh I'm gonna watch a spring training game live on ESPN tomorrow. The Orioles, like you just mentioned, come on TV on what Saturday? Yeah, Saturday. Uh so, yeah, I'm going to ride this high right now. Jackson Holiday is the starting second baseman for the Baltimore Orioles because apparently his arm is, is really weak uh, with that article today. I don't care about the arm. This goes back to the Basayo, the last episode we just talked about. It. I'm not going to a game to watch Samuel Basayo catch. Guess what? I'm not going to a game to watch Jackson Holiday throw a baseball from shortstop because Gunnar Henderson is on this team. Jackson Holiday is the starting second baseman for the Baltimore Orioles. And, um, yeah, from day one. All signs point to yes, because literally from the moment the offseason hit, winter meetings, comments, Brandon Hyde, Michael Ice. This is weird. They seem very open and honest and confident that he has a very good chance of making the opening day roster. Continues throughout the offseason. Like weirdly, vibes were like he, he's going to make the team. And then spring training starts. Oh, he got even stronger, 10 pounds of muscle, hitting the ball harder than he ever has, Pick the videos. like They're preparing him to be the second baseman on opening day because he's getting a million reps at second base right now. Comments of, we want him to feel as comfortable at second base as he does at shortstop. They're giving him lefty on left live batting practice already. Like We want to get him to see what he does left on left. Sino Perez, he's up against. I uh, forget the other lefty maybe Nick Vespi um, walked against one of them, struck out against one of them, saw the video, hit a line drive off the top of the center field wall, um, blast in the ball. Just he's on the team. <laughs> I think it's just inevitable. I think even Keith Law was like putting Mike Trout, Mike Trout's uh, name in the same sentence as Jackson Holiday, stuff like that. Um, I wish there was a little more coverage of Connor Norby and Kobe Mayo because I, I – Really have no idea how they're doing this spring, <laughs> just based on everything I've been reading. I'm very curious, but um, just it's an all-out media blitz on Jackson Holiday, and Michael Elias just seems to be embracing it and saying, yeah, special kid. So, yeah, I think he makes the opening day roster. 
I have him penciled in as well. And I, this is really the key indicators to me uh, more than the raw stats. Is he hitting the ball hard? Is he hitting the ball in the air? Is he putting together quality at bats? Does he look comfortable at second base? If all of the, if he checks those boxes, even if he only hits 240 this spring, he's going to make the opening day roster. Um, and one other point I'll add to that, and this is something we'll probably get into his prediction later. The Orioles showed us last year with Gunnar Henderson that they can work around growing pains for their top prospects. So if Holiday's only hitting 210 at the end of the first month, it's not the end of the world, and the Orioles will still be winning games. What is 200 more at-bats in AAA going to do for Jackson Holiday at this point? Like, nothing. You're going to... Okay, yeah, you might want to see more home runs. Like that's gonna come. What is he squatting now? Like so the all the uh He's in who, the three, four, five club or something. I don't know. I don't do lifting weights. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Uh clearly. There's the the Baltimore Sun, they had that article there. Jacob Calvin Meyer wrote an article. I think that was Wednesday when that came out. Um, but it's just highlighting like the freakish uh workout routines of this kid he's ready. Like, I don't care about the arm strength, like baseball, baseball America's article, like to give them credit, right. He's there talking about how unbelievable of a prospect Jackson holiday is. And I think you have a lot of national voices saying, yes, this is a guy who could potentially, and we're looking way far in advance, but this is potentially a, a future hall of fame type prospect here. Uh, obviously there's a long, long, long way to go for that. But really that article, the point was there's really one blemish in his game right now. And it's his arm strength. And again, I don't care about the arm strength because you don't need a lot of it at second base. Uh, the bat, I think, is ready. And like Zach said, he's going to learn on the fly. He's going to learn in the major leagues. He might struggle for a month. And that's okay. Gunner did. Adley did. Look how they turned out. So, By the way, spoiler alert, the moral of the story to the article was they think he can make it work regardless <laughs> of the yeah. arm strength. So he's got, apparently he's got the instincts and the timing to make it work. So. It wasn't even really that big of a of a yeah. minus to his game. Uh, I do have to say, though, like my favorite clip of this entire spring so far was like the little slow motion video of Kobe Mayo and Jackson Holiday running in, like slowly smiling at each other, having a good time. It was like the kids are going to be all right in the Orioles. So let's move to the outfield then for this second question. Uh, who will the or who will be the Orioles outfielders to open the season, both starters and reserve? Zach, uh, the starting outfield is going to look very familiar. Austin Hayes in left, Cedric Mullins in center, Anthony Santander in right. Jorge Mateo will be the de facto fourth outfielder as a utility player, with Heston Kerstad. Listed on the roster as a fifth outfielder, but mainly being a DH, at least early in the season. Okay. I have Austin Hayes, left field, Cedric Mullins, center field, Anthony Santander, right field, obviously. Then I think Heston Kerstad is on the team and Colton Kowser are on the team. And Jorge, Jorge Mateo is on the team as well, more of like super utility Second base, shortstop, third base, center field, corner outfield, whatever you need, I think. I I think the hope is to have him capable enough to not need a Ryan McKenna, Ryan Hilliard, et cetera. And I think that will be the case, but I do think both of the rookies in the outfield will make it as well. I had the same one as Zach. Santander, stop being cowards and extend them already. Uh, Austin Hayes, 
Cedric Mullins. I'm I'm getting more and more excited about Cedric Mullins, and it's not just because we just watched him like hit a nuke uh, in you know, one of the first days of spring training. I really am buying the rebound on Cedric Mullins this year. Um, maybe it's also just because I'm like so much fantasy content I'm listening to, and a lot of people are really down on Cedric Mullins, and now I'm like fighting back, like, no, that's our guy. He's going to rebound. But I do really think the the injuries kind of hampered him last year. Uh, so I'm buying that buyback, bounce back there. Mateo as well. Brandon Hyde is going to want his guy. I see Brandon Hyde behind closed doors, slamming tables, uh, like not not in a mean way, you know, but uh, very aggressively pushing to have his guy on the roster in Jorge Mateo. Uh, and hopefully that works out you know, in center field. And then I have Kerstad, the lefty power bat who can play right field at home. You can put him in left field on the road if you need to. He can play for space. He can DH. I just think this organization views Kerstad as someone who they really want in this lineup. And, and I think they're going to try to make it work. The issue I have is, yeah, what, what happens with Kowser? And I am a very big Colton Kowser guy, and I really struggle with this one. But I've got him in AAA to start the year, I think. If Holiday makes the team. If Holiday doesn't make the roster and they decide they want to put him in AAA for a little bit, then I, I do think Kershaw and Kowser both make the team. That's fair. That's fair. All right. My prompt here is the injuries to Bradish means, which we talked about the last episode, seemingly opens up one spot in the bullpen, not even just the rotation, because you're pulling from the bullpen with Kimbrell, Cano, Cologne, Tate, Perez, Webb, and Bauman penciled into the other spots. Who gets that eighth and final spot, Zach? So I had to think about this one, and I think for right now, I will go with Keegan Aiken because he would most easily fit the Cole Irvin role of being able to throw multiple innings. The Orioles did just pick up Matt Crook from the Yankees, but he has a couple of options remaining. Nick Vespi has options remaining as well. And in Vespi's case, you're not going to be looking at him as a possible long man. So the Orioles have held on to Aiken all the way through to this point, and it doesn't mean he's going to be on the roster all year. But I think initially, as they look for options in their bullpen that can give them multiple innings, Aiken's going to be that guy. Still my answer again. Uh, and I I didn't want to answer this question because I thought I was going to have the boring one uh, and get booed off the stage for saying Keegan Aiken. But there, there's so many options, right? I don't think Nick – I think Nick Vespi is going to – his routine is going to be the same as it was last year. He's the up-and-down guy. I think he's prepared for that. Brian Baker, I think, is going to be another up-and-down guy. Uh, you got Nathan Webb. You got Andrew Suarez, Wanderson Charles, Heasley, Tucker Davidson. I'm, I'm With all these injuries, I am much more intrigued to watch Tucker Davidson and Ryan Heasley this spring. I'm going to be glued into their outings. You mentioned Caleb Ort, Matt Crook, guys they just picked up. Have intriguing traits. We'll see. I'm most interested in Heasley, though, but I do think that last spot goes... I, I'm going to say Keegan Aiken as well, just because like he had the 6.85 ERA last year. Yes, but 4.86 expected ERA, a 2.96 FIP. Strikeout rate continued to climb up. Walks remained steady. The home run rate continued to go down. He did get really, he did get hit really hard though, like extremely hard. He's got flaws, but like Zach said, I do think this organization really likes having Keegan Aiken there, and. I'm going to give him the final spot right now just because to me, it's like those names you mentioned of the locks for the bullpen. Where's the length? Who's going to be the guy who can give you three innings if you need it? I I think that's probably going to be Keegan Aiken. And if you take out this one outing against Seattle where you have six earned runs 
and recorded just two outs, his ERA drops more than two runs down to 4.69. So I mean, he's not my personal choice, but I can see the organization going this route. I could definitely see that. But to me, if you have an option, and apparently Keegan Aiken does, um, I think you're starting in AAA. So I think that eighth spot's going to go to someone who doesn't have an option, and they're going to be like, hey, all right, we want to keep you. Here's your shot. Out of the gates, you get the opportunity. You can take it and run with it, or if you fail, we can DFA you or whatever and bring someone else up if need be. So to me, that's Jonathan Heasley. I don't believe he has options left. Um, Juanis and Charles, maybe he gets added to the 40-man and boom, but I do think they're going to want to uh, start him in AAA, at least to begin the year. could see him more in that Yanir Cano situation where he's brought up the first chance of an injury or, or a demotion. Um, so I think Tucker Davidson is the guy. I think he's going to be the one that can take that Cole Irvin spot, right? He can pitch multiple innings. He's got that splitter. He can be pretty decent. There's a little bit of upside there. And like I said, I just think he can take that Cole Irvin spot. And then when John means is ready to come back in a few weeks, then they can evaluate, you know, do we DFA Davidson? Do we say, Oh man, this could be a piece here long-term. Do they figure out something else uh, and try to try to get someone else out of there? Um, but yeah, Tucker Davidson would be my answer. Predict the opening day lineup. I will start with Nick. So it's against the Angels, right? Uh, let's assume, I'm assuming it's Reed Detmers on the mound. Maybe Sandoval. I don't know. Either way, both lefties. I, I don't know. I don't really know who else pitching-wise is on that. Griffin Canning. I've been drafting Griffin Canning, so I'm actually like, uh, I like Griffin Canning this year. But I'm going to assume it's Reed Detmers uh, on the mound, so that's a lefty. So big Reed Detmers guy, but you're going to get shelled on opening day, so sorry about that. And I'm going to say Gunnar Henderson at short, batting leadoff, Adley behind the plate, Santander in right, Mountcastle at first base, Ryan O'Hearn at DH, Austin Hayes in left, Mullins in center, Westberg in the eighth spot at third, and Jackson Holiday in the ninth spot at second. Um, that's a lot of lefties against a lefty, so I'm sure that is completely wrong. And also, we're mentioning lineup, so I'm sure everyone listening is yelling right now because there's nothing more Orioles fans love to yell at than lineups, but I, I like this lineup on opening day. Give O'Hearn the vet, put him in the lineup. It's fine. Burns is going to go six innings, get the dub. Kimbrell's going to get a clean ninth inning, and Phillies fans are going to have a meltdown when they watch him uh, strike out the side in the ninth inning. Jordan Westberg homers, Ryan Mountcastle homers over the wall. Uh, Austin Hayes reached base four times because it's Austin Hayes, and if someone in this lineup is going to do it, of course it's Austin Hayes. And, uh, yeah, Orioles win opening day. Uh, yeah, I can't believe they're going to run out the punt lineup on opening day. It's uh, it's a little ridiculous. No, uh, mine starts off very similar to you. I would say, except I would put Adley lead off. I think he's got the the better lead off skills. I know they moved him to second because he had to run to get his catcher gear on and stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think Adley will lead off. Gunnar Henderson behind him in the second spot. Anthony Santander 
hitting third, Ryan Mountcastle cleanup. Then I'm going Cedric Mullins, fifth, Jordan Westberg, sixth. I'm trying to see here. Austin Hayes, seventh. Jackson Holiday, ninth, actually, and Heston Kirst at eighth. Or is that, I don't know. I was trying to go right, left, right, left, right, left. I think I lost it. All right, let's see. Adley, Gunner, Santander, Mountcastle, Mullins. Then I'll say Hayes, Kerset, Westberg, Holiday. I'm also uh, making this prediction with the belief that the Angels will start a left-hander just based on how their rotation looks coming into this year. And I'm going a little bit different, though, uh, with my lineup prediction. I have Austin Hayes leading off. Uh, the Orioles did that a lot late in the year. So he will be the leadoff hitter, followed by Rutschman, then Santander, then Henderson, Mountcastle, Mullins. I think Ramon Arias gets the opening day start as the DH with Jordan Westberg at third base, eighth, and Jackson Holiday batting ninth at second. I don't even have Ramon Arias on the team. Well, everyone hates us now because we talked about lineups, so uh, they're done with the show. Um, we can move on to the next question then and talk about what does the opening day bench look like and how do these players rotate in? So as Bob mentioned, he doesn't have Ramon Arias uh, on the team. So let's start with Bob and who you got on your bench. I have James McCann, backup catcher, similar situation to, to last year. It worked. I don't see why not. I have Colton Kowser. Uh, roaming that outfield, maybe a little platoon action with Austin Hayes to begin the year. And I see him getting a bigger role as the year goes on. Jorge Mateo, like I said, super utility, can play all over the infield and outfield. And then I have Ryan O'Hearn as the first base DH. I think there was some mention of he could play some right field, I'm sure, at Camden Yards, left field at um, Boston in the big, the big monster. The easy outfields he can play. So, yeah, that's my four-man bench. So my bench open the year will be McCann um, to go along with Mateo. You know, Bob touched on it. McCann's going to serve the exact same role that he had last year. Mateo's your super utility guy. And then I think you have Ryan O'Hearn as your first base D8 corner outfielder in an emergency bat. And then Heston Curse that I have on my bench on opening day, but I think he's going to get – a lot of starts early in the year against right-handers at the eights and then possibly eased in more to left-on-left -left matchups as the season goes on. Yeah, I think okay. me and Zach have the same roster, except I had O'Hearn in the starting lineup there, and I have Ramon Arias on the bench. McCann, obviously. Mateo, the super utility guy. I do have Ramon Arias just because he can play multiple infield positions he is a veteran. I doubt we see too many rookies on this this team at one time. I think they will it like having the vet out there with Holiday and with Westberg. Gunner's still young as well. It's only going to be a sophomore year, so having that veteran there. And then Kerstad, I have on the bench right now, but I mean this we know this is going to fluctuate uh, and change daily. But going off my opening day lineup, Kerstad on the bench there, but your corner outfielder, first base, DH, left-handed, uh, Masher. Very, very well could be the case. Mm. I'll say my question, what player breaks out in camp, makes their presence known, like talk of the town, but ultimately 
It's not enough room. They don't make the opening day roster. Nick? Uh, I'm going to have some fun with this one and say, I'm going to say Wanda and Charles. Like the, the 150 plus patrons we have in our community, they know that the people who listen to this show regularly who aren't patrons, you should sign up. Uh, no shame if you don't, though. Uh, they all know the ups and downs, the highs and lows of Wanda and Charles. And I think they know that he can be a complete disaster but also know that that ceiling is incredibly high and he could be a real weapon. But I don't think the general public really knows who he is and what he's about. I, I think just look at Daniel Allentuck right after she was on our show last week with Andy Casca and she wrote the article about Wanderson and Charles over at the Baltimore banner and like holy tweet engagement about Wanderson and Charles in that article. Like the people are excited about Charles. Um, and actually, I have the article pulled up here, and I want to read some quotes from Daniel's article over at thebaltimorebanner.com. Uh, he has huge stuff, Elias told the banner, like really big. It's just a matter of throwing more strikes. AAA was a different animal as he faced a higher level of competition. He struggled there. His whip climbed from 0.78 in AA to 1.6 in AAA, but he was still in the conversation, Elias said, to come to the big leagues, even with that 1.6 whip in AAA. He didn't get the call, but the Orioles, pleased with his progress, believed in him enough to bring him back on another minor league deal with an invitation to spring training. From Elias, quote, we felt that he was making progress with us and he felt that and he felt that it was a positive development experience. We wanted to carry it forward one more year. I think odds are in his favor to get a call this year. Charles spent his offseason working on his command. In his bullpen session Thursday, last week, he threw 21 pitches, 17 of which were strikes, getting a nod of appreciation from the pitching coaches. So, Wanda and Charles, uh, a lot of people are going to learn that name this spring, I think. Hopefully for good reasons. Mini Bautista, Charles will be in charge in 2024. So, the I think Nick has the correct answer. And I could go with... Connor Norby or Kobe Mayo, but I feel like that would be cheating because we're already talking about them a lot on this show. And I think most Orioles fans are aware of those guys now. So I'm going to go off the wall here and go with Daniel Johnson. There's always a position player who outperforms expectations over a 10 at bat sample size in spring training, yet has no chance of making the opening day roster. And that's where Daniel Johnson is right now. There are a lot of outfielders ahead of him. He's in camp as a non-roster invitee. He hasn't appeared in the major leagues in a couple of years, but he fits the bill of someone who would perform well in big league camp because he's 28. He had an OPS over 800 between two levels of the minor leagues last year, including double A AA and triple A. I'm thinking like maybe one or two loud home runs, gets a few starts in split squad games, and then is uh, patrolling the outfield at Harbor Park for the rest of the year. So I re- I just realized I haven't looked up a single thing about Daniel Johnson, and I had no idea who he was, uh, that he was even in this organization, and completely looked over his name on the uh, non-Russia invitee list. But, uh, yeah, I think his he's still got some speed. Uh, so I, I do think that I, I like that pick. People, I wonder how many people are going to be like me. Hopefully there are more who are like, who the heck is Daniel Johnson? And he's going to look like Jorge Mateo one game on a, a mass and broadcast, and people are going to get intrigued. I like that pick because I learned something. Thanks. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with Kobe Mayo. I think people are going to be talking, and I'm talking people like 
Brandon Hyde, Mike Elias, coaches, reporters, media. After uh, spring training, it's going to be, you know, he was really close to forcing our hand and have to make room for him. He's an absolute rock star. I think people are going to just be talking about Kobe Mayo like an absolute dude that it's a matter of when, not if, he's up in the majors early on in the season. So I think Kobe Mayo is going to go out there and uh, ball out. But uh, it's a competitive roster. It's tough not to crack. Blank will get traded in spring training. Start with Nick. Uh, this is are we? So I guess I should have prefaced that that question because I I wrote that one. Uh, are we talking like actual trades or uh, Vivek trades? Uh, so because if we're talking, uh, shout out Vivek. Uh, if we're talking real trades, like I I don't know. I wanted to come up with some stuff, but I just think barring an injury or something crazy happening sometime over the next few weeks. I'm just I'm gonna give another boring answer here and say I think they stand firm and no one gets traded. Like I think Ramon Arias does make sense to be moved, and I could see teams they start to experience some injuries once games get rolling here over these next couple of days and they come calling. Um Ryan McKenna, like I, I feel like guys like Ryan McKenna and Sam Hilliard, you know, you could see them getting moved as well because they're probably not going to uh, fall through waivers and be able to go to Norfolk. So I could see this organization saying, Hey, we're not going to keep you on the major league roster. So we're going to try to get whatever we can for you, get some value out of them. But when I look at it, I, I have a hard time just because I feel like this organization is going to bend over backwards to keep McKenna or Hilliard somehow on this roster because Mateo isn't proven in center field. Cowser's fine in center field, but I doubt if something happens with Mullins again, they're not going to want Cowser in center field full time. Hudson Haskin appears to be an afterthought at this point. So I, I don't know there. Um, and then the pitching injuries probably just make it seem less likely that we talked a lot about those guys who are out of options. Maybe those guys get moved. The the Tanner Scott, Cole Sulcer type trade this spring. I don't know. Maybe with the pitching injuries, that makes it less likely. So I'm I'm gonna say nobody, but if I'm throwing money on it, I would probably put money on the over 0.5 trades happening this spring but i have a hard time seeing where that trade comes from i don't uh i mentioned <laughs> ramon arias is not on my roster and he's my answer to this as well i feel like he's here as insurance i think the plan seems to be to have holiday be the opening day second baseman and now they've recently acquired diego castillo he cleared waivers he's in triple a Nick Maton is here. Tyler Nevin is not Ramon Arias, especially with the glove, but he's here as well for now. Um, I feel like Ramon Arias is in case of an injury, you have him. If uh, Holiday just seems a little bit overwhelmed and he's not ready, Ramon Arias is here. He's already here. But if it's like final week of a spring training or even those last few days where there's no games played before opening day, I feel like they're going to present Arias uh, showcase him a little bit this spring, and I think he's going to get traded before opening day if all goes according to their plan. And I think it could be for a reliever. It could be for like um, something like that, or it could honestly even just be like a couple flyers that they like in the low minors or some international guys from another team. Like I'm not even sure what the return would be, but I think uh, I think it's going to happen. I'm kind of in the same camp as Nick. Um, 
there probably won't be a trade or it might be cast considerations for a reliever. If there is a move, though, expect it to be one of Hilliard or McKenna because you can probably get one through waivers, but can you get both through waivers? And at that point, maybe you trade one of those guys for an optionable reliever late in camp. We'll have to see how that plays out. But if someone gets moved, it's one of those two. Otherwise, I think it's going to be a quiet spring with trades. Yeah, we'll see. We never count out Michael Ice, though. Um, this other one here, I, I, so we're doing our top 50s over on Patreon, right? Top 50 countdown, prospects, figure with a prospect question in here. I want to get y'all's opinion about this because I just did the Chase McDermott episode. I'm not going to spoil where he is in our top 50. You have to sign up for Patreon uh, to find out. But as I'm going through, I got really excited about McDermott again. And, and the question is, is this a bold take or just a crazy take? Uh, Chase McDermott is the Orioles' fifth starter coming out of camp. I want to preface this by saying I think the odds of that happening are extremely low to almost non-existent. But I did the top 50 episode, and I got really excited about McDermott again because looking back at some of his numbers that he put up last year, and I was very scared about this back injury that ended his year last year and thought, is 2024 going to be delayed for him? It's not. He's healthy. He's been throwing all offseason. Looks great out there. But when you go back and look at some of his numbers, too, from last year, specifically in AAA, like the walk rate was still like 11%, but that went down uh, considerably from where it was in AA last year and then where it was AA the year before that, right? Um, I'm sorry, taking control over this whole question, but I have a lot of McDermott thoughts here. Um, So the walk rate went down, right? But he led minor league baseball in average against, okay? So great strikeout rates through the roof. Guy's got an explosive fastball, good slider. I think that's his floor there, right? As, as a reliever with two elite pitches. Innings per pitch down, home run rate was almost non existent, like 0.5 home runs in AAA. He gets to AAA where a lot of guys struggled, where the league average ERA was over five, and his was like two something ERA in AAA. So McDermott arguably has the highest ceiling among the starting pitchers who are almost major league ready, right? And I'm listening to. I think it was just baseball podcast actually. And they, they threw in there like, Hey, could McDermott be the number five starter for the Orioles coming out of camp? I think they were talking about like surprise prospects under the, not under the radar, but like surprise prospects to watch in spring training games coming up over the next couple of weeks. And they threw out McDermott and said, could he win a rotation job with all these injuries? And so I just did the top 50 prospect podcast. And so I figured let's throw this out there. Um, what are the thoughts about Chase McDermott? Uh, this spring what are we looking for and could not even just the rotation could he make this team out of spring training i would not count it out but i do think it's a long shot i think just you even heard brandon hyde talk about it i i can't remember if it was him analyzed but there was definitely comments that came out recently of yeah we're going to give these guys a great look looking forward to them contributing sometime at the major league level in 2024 but most likely going to start the year in AAA Norfolk's rotation. And I do think that's the most likely cap- uh, possibility. But if they're come, if whether it's McDermott or Povich, Seth Johnson, uh, that's pushing it. I don't care what MLB Pipeline tweeted out today. Um, whether it's McDermott or Povich, I'll stick to McDermott. If he's coming out and shoving, I think much more realistic possibility is he gets that last bullpen spot that we were talking about earlier. And you know, you let you ease them into the major leagues that way. And again, easily optionable if there's just run out of room or if you want to, 
you know, if, if he's struggling, what have you. Uh, but if, you know, there's another injury and it's like, say Dean Kramer gets hurt or something like that. And it's like, all right, Burns, Rodriguez, Irvin, Wells, then what? Then I think maybe, hey, McDermott, he's been pitching well. Let's give him the shot. Let's give him the shot. So I think outside shot, but I, I can't say it's impossible. Yeah, I don't want to say just crazy because I don't think that's fair to him. Um, some of the walk numbers that Nick mentioned, I think, are more impressive when you consider how much the automated ball strike system tilted the advantage towards hitters in the International League last year. And we've talked about the numbers on the show before, but you can look and see pretty much every indicator of hitter-friendly versus pitcher-friendly went in the direction of hitters last year. Runs were up. Team ERA was up. Walks were up. Pitchers really did struggle to throw strikes consistently at AAA last year. So I think that makes the strides McDermott made all the more impressive. Two reasons that I don't see him making the team out of camp, though, are number one, although he is back from that injury and appears to be fully healthy, it was a legitimate injury that cost him a few weeks at the end of last year. So I think the Orioles try to ease him back in with a month at least at AAA. And two, I don't know what the status of the ABS is going to be this year and if there's any changes to expect from that, if there's going to be any different expectations on how pitchers look uh, with that before they're brought up to the major leagues. So I think you want to see McDermott put together a good six, eight weeks at AAA with improved command, consistently locating his pitches, and that electric fastball just overpowering hitters. And you, you are going to see him in the major leagues. It's a question of when and not if as long as he's healthy. But I just don't see it happening out of camp. Fair. And with um, that, that – oh, God. Before Bobby. we leave, I just have to make something clear. I think I've been a big part of this organization's turnaround, and I deserve to be extended by the podcast. <laughs> All right, Austin Hayes. <laughs> Lord. Um. Well, I was going to make a crack by the Anthony Rendon, not really caring about baseball, but we'll just leave it at that. And with that, that does it for this week's episode of Orioles on the Verge. You can follow us on many of our social media channels, including Facebook, Instagram, Threads, X, TikTok, YouTube. YouTube. We're also over on Patreon and Substack. You can find us on Substack at OriolesOnTheVerge.Substack.com. We are down to the stretch run of our top 50 prospects countdown. So if you haven't become a patron member yet, sign up today and you'll get the access to all the episodes we've recorded to this point, plus the final ones. We will be back at a special night and time to be determined. Stay tuned to our social media channels next week because we will not be on live on Wednesday night. It will probably be Monday or Tuesday, but we'll have more details between now and next week. For Bob Phelan and Nick Stevens, this is Zach Spen. You've been listening to Orioles on the Birds, part of the Believe Podcast Network.